step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This is Dollar Collapse, your ringside seat to the global economic crisis. To get the full story, go to DollarCollapse.com. Hi, everybody. This is John Rubino with DollarCollapse.com. It is Thursday, December 17th. And of course, the big story this week is that the Fed finally raised interest rates. After um, threatening to do so for going on a year now, they did it yesterday. They increased the Fed funds rate by a quarter point, which is no big deal mathematically, but it's important symbolically because it sends the message that the economy is recovering and that from now on, U.S. monetary policy will get progressively tighter, which is strange because at the same time they were debating whether to raise interest rates, a whole lot of really bad numbers came out, uh, many of which imply that the U.S. economy is actually shrinking, uh, especially on the manufacturing side of things, which is where we manipulate and, and transport real stuff. There seems to be a recession, actually rather than a recovery. Just this morning, the Philadelphia Fed manufacturing report showed a negative 5.9 reading, which means it's contracting. In other words, in the Philadelphia region, factories are making less this year than they made last year. And the other regional manufacturing reports are all pretty much in the same range. They all imply that the U.S. economy, at least as far as real stuff goes, is shrinking. Um, And industrial production came out yesterday, which is a a similar number. It shows the output of U.S. factories fell in November by the most in three and a half years. So overall, the, uh, the industrial side of the economy is not growing. Another really important stat is the oil price. Uh, which continues to fall as supply continues to exceed demand. There are stories floating around now about ships uh, that are full of oil on the ocean, wandering from country to country with no place to unload their cargo because terrestrial storage facilities are all full or are rapidly filling up. And so normally, historically, when we um, we reach a point of saturation in storage capacity, the oil price cracks. It has to go down to the point where um, supply is constrained and consumption goes up um, enough to bring supply and demand back into balance. Now, you might think that that would be a good thing because lower oil prices lead to lower gas prices, which become kind of a, a tax cut for most people. You know, if you drive, your expenses go down if gas goes down. But that's just one side of the equation. The other side is um, all the debt that has been taken on over the last few years That's premised on relatively high oil prices, especially in the the oil patch that has to do with fracking, that is uh, getting shale oil and shale gas out of the ground. A trillion or so dollars of junk bonds have been issued in the last couple of years by companies that are now mostly underwater. You know, they were expecting oil to be $100 a barrel and to generate enough cash flow to pay off their debts. Well, that's not the case anymore. At $35 a barrel, a lot of these frackers 
aren't profitable anymore and they aren't able to make their interest payments and they're on the verge of defaulting on their junk bonds. And that is, first of all, leading to lower employment in the uh, oil producing parts of the country. And second of all, leading to a potential crisis in the junk bond market. Now, why do junk bonds matter? If you don't own junk bonds. Well, for one thing, junk bonds and equities tend to trade kind of in the same way because they're sort of the same instrument. You can think of junk bonds as the stock of the company that issues them because usually they don't have stock. So that's the least senior piece of the capital structure. And so when junk bonds are falling, usually equities fall as well. And right now, the U.S. stock market is precarious, to put it mildly. It's um, at valuation levels that historically are about as high as they get before they turn back down and, and have a bear market. Meanwhile, American corporations have been playing a lot of games with their earnings. Um, If you apply honest accounting standards to current corporate earnings, you get a negative trend. In other words, U.S. corporate earnings are actually falling. Uh, The Wall Street Journal just did that and uh, concluded that U.S. corporate profits were down by about 5% in the last year and that the decrease is accelerating. So when you combine stocks that are priced for perfection... And falling corporate earnings, you get a really precarious stock market, one that's poised for a a serious downturn to bring prices back into line with earnings prospects. Now, combine that with an imploding jump on market and you have the potential for a really serious correction across the board in 2016. So early in the year. There's a good chance that we see junk bonds become a big, scary front page story that get people's attention and start them focusing on risk prevention and return of capital rather than return on capital. So I think there's a really good chance that we see a kind of perfect storm in 2016 in which the U.S. is tightening monetary policy and corporations are reporting disappointing earnings and junk bonds are tanking. And and so you get a generalized bear market, a very big scare that causes just about everybody to become risk averse. And that's what happened in 2008, 2009. And we got the worst bear market since the Great Depression. Well, we're actually a lot more leveraged now than we were then. We uh, took on trillions and trillions of dollars of new debt in response to the 2008, 2009 financial crisis. And now the world is a lot more leveraged than it was back then. And if debt was the problem then, it's even more of a problem now. So I think 2016 is going to be one of those fascinating years when a bunch of things happen all at once that reinforce a cycle. In this case, it's going to be a a negative feedback loop in which bad news leads to bad market results, which in turn leads to more bad news and so on. And um, to circle back to the Fed now, today or yesterday, they raised interest rates and are beginning a tightening cycle in which they're going to pull money out of the system rather than pump money into the system. And they're doing that just as we head into what could be another financial crisis. So I think that sometime in 2016, we're going to have to see the Fed reverse course and abandon this idea that they can tighten at this point in the financial cycle and go back to the old tried and true cutting interest rates and um, pumping new money into the system and encouraging the federal government to run bigger deficits and give that money to people. You know, the usual response of a modern government to a financial downturn. So 2016 is liable to be a very, very different year from 2015 
much more like 2008, 2009, when we see everybody terrified and the governments of the world reacting to that terror with aggressive ease. The problem is that we're already at interest rates that are just about zero in most places and in some places negative. We've already run massive deficits in the last few years at the government level and borrowed huge amounts of money. The private sectors of the world are already over leveraged, more leveraged than they've ever been in a lot of cases. And so it's not clear how you ease under those circumstances. Do you cut interest rates to negative two or three percent? Do you run deficits that are 10 percent of GDP rather than the five percent they ran last time around? It's just not clear. You know, we're, we're in completely uncharted territory. And we're going to be running an experiment, the likes of which we've never tried before and that most economists have never even envisioned. And there are a lot of implications from that kind of a structure, you know, where interest rates are negative and governments are running big deficits. And uh, it, one of the implications is the war on cash. You can't, in theory, have sharply negative interest rates and people with the ability to pull their cash out of the bank and just stick it under the mattress where it doesn't cost them anything. So the governments of the world are now actively working on plans to make cash either less attractive or flat out illegal. And, um, you know, we don't use cash all that much anymore in the modern world. We mostly use plastic for our, our transacting or we do it online. But cash does serve some functions and it is important as a, um, a guarantor of financial freedom. In other words, you can use cash to transact anonymously, but once everything is electronic, once governments are basically monitoring our financial transactions 24-7 and our movements via our cell phones, then the last vestige of financial privacy disappears. And to me, that's a scary prospect. But that's also something that's coming in 2016. So I think they're going to be profoundly negative for most people. But fascinating from a, an economic theory standpoint. And they're going to present a lot of opportunities for people who are on the right side of the market's reactions to what goes on. So next time around, I'll talk about some investment strategies for playing this scenario. And um, individuals can do to position themselves to at least be protected from what's coming and maybe make a lot of money. Okay, that's all for now. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Dollar Collapse. For regular info and updates throughout the day, go to dollarcollapse.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.